he gazed up at the Quarerus Mountains, named after the myth of the Quarius fairies. It is said that fairies lived in the mountains, guarding ancient relics and treasures from the world. He had read scrolls about the Fairy King, a creature of light said to be able to grant unspeakable magical abilities. A wishmaster, he was determined to find the Fairy King. He thought of his pilgrimage as a last chance to regain a place amongst the elves of his village. The old dusty scroll said that the entity lived with the Quarius Fairy tribe. Their village was hidden somewhere in these mountains. It was not just the scroll that told the story. He had been hearing the tale since childhood, and unlike most people, he chose to believe the fairy tale. Stories had been told of warriors and mages who travelled the mountains and never came back. That didn't scare him. Uncertainty was never something he feared. The future is unwritten, he would say. We must write it ourselves. Exio had travelled from the northern country called Bernadulf. He had been preparing himself for this day, the day he would explore the mountains and find the sacred grounds of the Quarius fairies. He was stubborn and willing to die in this journey. He only had his pet fairy to accompany him. He walked the dirt path that led up to the mountains. On his map, the path coiled around the three mountains. This is it, Nana. The path will take us to the mountain on the right. After we explore it, we move to the one in the middle, he told his Paplu fairy. The creature flew around his neck and played with his ponytail. Exio slapped Nana playfully. You know I don't like that. The Paplu fairy fluttered four leaf-like wings. It had small, narrow eyes with a cat-like nose. It swirled around Exio, trying to annoy him. It was the only companion Exio had. Paplu fairies were rare, and only three inches in size. It was a fluke of the gods for Exio to find such a rare creature. He contracted the scroll and dropped it into the bag hanging from his waist. He adjusted his sword and shield on his back, trying to find comfort with his equipment. He did not carry much, but his weapons were heavy. Elves don't usually wield such long weapons. They are known for their magic skills, archery and small swords. At only five feet in height, with petite frames, elves were not made for muscle work. Exio was the only exception. The elf was restless. He had incredible energy and stamina he had built over the years. He could walk for days tirelessly, sometimes without food. Soon he arrived at rock bottom and was eager to start running up the path. Then he saw men in armour patrolling the very entrance of the mountain. The Queen's soldiers were patrolling the gate. Exia recognised them. They were Borisorns, low-ranking puppets of the Queen's army, as he phrased it. Ironic that on the same day I tried to go up the mountain, the Queen's puppets patrol it. Exio approached them, and just as he reached the gate, they formed a phalanx in front of him. Soldiers of Verde, I'm going to say this once. Get out of my way, the elf demanded arrogantly. Nana hid behind his pointy ears. The Borathorns only grimaced. They were clad in green and bronze armour. Helmets shaped like beetle heads, square shields and long double-edged swords with no point, made for chopping, 
The Queen has forbidden anyone from going up the mountain, said the leading Borathon. Anyone who dares defy the Queen's rules will be seriously punished. The mountains do not belong to the Queen, Exia remarked. She dares call the mountains her own. She thinks herself a god, does she? Listen, you scar-faced half-man, the leading Borathon said. I am an elf, Exio quickly replied. I don't care. No one is allowed to go up the mountain until further notice. Your journey must be postponed. Come back another day, elf. I demand to speak with your Leothorn. The elf stood his ground. I'm afraid she's busy. Complain all you want, but if you want to go up the mountain, you must come back another day or taste our steel.'